To begin our message today, I'm going to start with a little bit of a story, um, but uh, our scripture reading today will be from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 12. Now, Isaiah chapter 12 is a short chapter, about six verses. So I'll give you a minute if you'd like to uh, turn to Isaiah chapter 12, and let me tell you a story. So many years ago, I was on a canoe trip with my parents. Well, it wasn't with my parents, it was with my dad, and I was with my sister. And we were canoeing down here in Ohio, some of you might be aware of. There is a river called the Great Miami River. The Great Miami River runs um, from north to south towards the Ohio River. And it runs uh, through places like Sydney, Ohio, uh, DeGraff, Ohio, and um, Portsmouth, not Portsmouth, but uh, Port Jefferson, Ohio, and some other places. And you might find that... uh, on the map, and if you're interested in canoeing, you relate to the, some of the story, or if you canoed at all, you relate with some of the story. So um, I was probably in the front, my dad was probably in the back, and my sister was in the middle. We were younger, and we were canoeing. It was uh, a big event where they got together a lots of different people, and it was in the springtime, and we were able to make it through some areas that sometimes were lower. It's a Great Miami, it is it a pretty good sized river, in some places, it goes through some more shallow parts, and so it had rained, and so the water was up. So that allowed us to go through some places, uh, I believe the word is portage, but some places we did not, we would have to get our canoe out and take it around, and then put the canoe back in the water to get around the uh, obstacles, and then we would canoe on down. Well, some of these, sometimes you have natural dams or places like that when the water is up from the springtime that you can go over. As we approached uh, the area of Port Jefferson a while, there was a a dam there uh, as well, and some people thought they could shoot it. I I believe it was a man-made dam, but man-made dams of that sort or any dam that are like that can be very, very dangerous because the water comes over, and so if you think of the dams here, the water comes over, the water comes over the top, and then it does this back swirl. So if you, if you end up in the water below the dam and you've got a back swirl, it's going to keep pulling you under just from that piece. And so it's not something to mess around and say, I'm just going to run my canoe really fast and shoot the dam because the water's high and I think I can make it. It'd be really cool. Because what happens is that water comes in this churn and then it brings the canoe and holds it back against the water and it will want uh, against the dam and want to flip the, the canoe, and it also wants to take, if you get into the water, it's going to pull you down. So we had went around where we were supposed to get, go around, or we had gotten out, and we looked back, and we, we noticed that some had tried to shoot it, and they'd gotten out of their, and their canoe was running against the water, but someone was out in the water. And so they're out in the water, and as, as a teenager, I'm looking out there, and the scene was, we're looking out there, people trying to figure out how to get their canoes or any kinds of boats to this person in the water. And there's, across the, the river, I'm looking there, and there's a man that had gathered his, he had some rope with a life uh, preserver on the end of it, or, or a round life preserver on the end of it, as I recall. 
Um, it might have just been a rope. I can't remember exactly, but he's coiling his rope. And as I'm watching, I'm seeing this guy that's out there in this back swirl of this dam, and I watch him go, go down once, and he comes back up. And I'm watching, he goes down another time, and he comes back up. He goes down another time, and I'd only heard three times, and that's about all you get. I didn't know any better, but he went down. And in the meantime, as he's going down the once, there's this guy curling his rope. And he's getting his rope just right, taking his time. As this guy's going under, now some of us might th- would maybe be inclined to, okay, he's going down once, grab the rope and throw it. But the gentleman on the side knew that he had one shot. Because once you throw that rope back there, and then you've got to pull it back in with nothing on the end, you might have lost two more chances. So he had one shot. And so he coiled that rope, and he's going back and forth and back and forth as this guy goes down twice and three times. And he threw that, and he threw it across where the person was. The person grabbed the rope, and he pulled him out. That was quite the scene, especially for a teenager. Of course, the learnings there were several is don't get so close to that, to that dam that you're getting pulled under. Don't try to shoot over that dam because you think it would be really cool when it was so dangerous. Don't take that much risk. But it was really impressive, that guy on the side that took the time to coil that rope to get it just right. And he swings and he aims and he knew he had one shot. Can you imagine the patience? And he threw it and he threw it across the person, if you know what I mean, so the person could reach the rope. So it's with that that I want you to think about that, that, that the person was saved by the person on the bank. The person was saved, brought out of that calamity, out of that drowning situation. And maybe if you think about it in your life, you've been in a situation where you've been in sin and maybe the Lord has saved you from it. Or maybe you feel like you're in that churn right now and it's pulling you under. And then a panic starts to ensue. How am I going to get out? Isaiah chapter 12. And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you though you were angry with me. Your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. He's the one that rescues me. I will trust and not be afraid, for Yah the Lord is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day you will say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitants of Zion. For great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. May God has blessing the reading of his word. Your anger, verse 1, is turned away and you comfort me. I was thinking, if you think in that story, and if you think in that crisis, and if you're in the midst of that crisis, one of the things, if you have someone to be your savior, to be your rescuer, you want someone that's able to see you're in trouble. To know that you're in trouble. 
you've ever been in, in the problem, you've ever been in a situation, and it's like, they just don't understand. I, don't, I can't quite explain to them what I'm feeling. I can't quite explain to them how much trouble I, I'm in. I wish I could, but I can't. But do they even care? You might have been in those places you like, does anybody even care? Does anybody even know that I'm in distress? Is anybody even paying attention? And it says that in verse 1, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. God recognizes your distress. God recognized your peril. He can comfort me. And you can imagine that if you were the person in that water in the story that I described, can you imagine the difference it is if, if I'm in that situation and I look around and I see no one? Or if I'm in that situation and it keeps pulling me under and I look around and no one is paying attention to me? They're just ignoring me. They're talking, they're having a good time, they're having a party, and it's like nothing, it's like there's no issue, there's nothing going on. And here I'm out here, I'm trying to yell and I'm waving my hands and I feel I keep getting pulled under, but no one is paying attention to me. That that when he looks over and he sees the he sees people trying to get the boat, but they're not getting there, then he sees someone with a rope and they're coiling the rope. They you want them to hurry up, but they seem like they know what they're doing and how that can give that hope. My message today to you is the scriptures telling us. He comforts us. We know the totality of Scripture would tell us that He's looking for us. For us, And there's a song that talks about throw out the lifeline. Someone is sinking today. Throw out the lifeline. But if you're on the receiving end of that, or maybe you've been already in the receiving of that as we come in this Thanksgiving weekend, we remember how He rescued us. And we can be thankful but if you're in the midst of being pulled under, may you be comforted is that on the shore, there's someone that sees you in peril. He comforts you. The next thing that you hope is, can that person reach me? You know, that guy was throwing that rope, but if he had a rope that was too short, or the people that are over here, there's people in canoes and other canoes, they're trying to figure out how to get to them, but they can't quite get there. And maybe, maybe you're going under, or maybe you're in that situation, there were other people that tried to help you, but they can't quite get to you. Yeah, they care, and they're, that's comforting, and that's encouraging, but they don't look like they're getting to me, but it looks like that guy has a long enough rope that he can reach me. But see... We know that God can reach us wherever we are. Song talks about the deep miry clay, but He can reach us. Jesus died on the cross in Easter time, right? But it starts at Christmas as we begin this season. For some, they're celebrating and beginning Advent today. But He cares. He can reach us. There's nothing too far, too deep that He can't reach us. And He can't rescue us. 
and he's able to pull me in. It's one thing for somebody to throw me a rope, and they throw it to me, but they're not able to pull me in. It's something else if they throw me the rope and they don't hold on to it. And I've got the rope, but there's no way to get there. There's many people searching today for a solution. And they look and people are trying to get to them in all these different kinds of boats and all these different kinds of philosophies. And you might look at that and say, oh, I can have hope in that. I read a new book. There's this new philosophy out there. There's this new faith light or there's new uh, uh, spiritual whatever they want to call it. But it doesn't seem to be able to reach me. And maybe I'm reading it and I'm understanding it, but it doesn't seem to be getting me out of my situation that I'm in. I'm still getting pulled under and pulled under. He is able to, he cares. He's able to reach us. And he's able to pull us out. And able to pull us in, but we have to grab hold of the rope. We have to grab hold of the rope. Because even in my story, if the guy on the shore got it timed right, right, just right, he throws the rope across. No one else is able to rescue him from a boat. No one else, anything else is going on. The guy throws across the rope. All you have to do is grab the rope and hold on so that he can be pulled in. But if I don't grab the rope, if I don't grab the rope, it's right there. I'm being churned under and under, but I don't grab the rope. I just keep trying to do what I was trying to do to get myself out of the problem. I'm not getting out of the problem. The people coming in from the other boat with these other philosophies and and, and, and thoughts is not going to get me out. I can wear all the t-shirts and all the sayings that affiliate with all the different society positives that say that you're a good virtuous person, but it's not going to get me out. I need to grab hold of the lifeline that Christ throws to us and let him, and hold on, and let him pull us out. Why wouldn't you do that? There's no other solution. Oh, I'm not, I don't like you. I was mad at you. You didn't do something that I didn't like. So so-and-so's throwing me the rope, and I'm over here, and I'm getting pulled under, but they sent something that wasn't kind to me at one time, or I think they did, so I'm not going to that church, or I think that, or why didn't God do this in this situation, do that in that situation, because I'm mad at them. I'm not pulling, I'm not holding on to their rope. So we're just going to drown? There's no other solution. There's no one else that's going to pull you in. He cares about you. He sees you in distress. And he's able to do something about that. He's throwing out the lifeline. You have to grab hold of it. Why not trust there's no other option? Now, if you're in that situation, you need to grab hold of that lifeline. But if you have grabbed hold of the lifeline, living a life for Jesus, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for Yah the Lord. Yah is short for Yahweh. 
For Yah the Lord is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Remember the woman at the well? If you would know who I am, he, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, you would ask and I would give you living water. Some are thirsty for water as the woman of the well is coming. The Samaritan woman, she comes and she draws water to take in. And some are thirsty and they're hungering for what can fill that need that they have. On the one hand, we have the illustration of a drowning caused by the water and that churning and pulling under. But here we have the living water that can save us. And Christ is offering that to us. And if we've had that, we need to rejoice in that and remember that and be thankful for that. Verse 4, And in that day you will say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted. Share your testimony. There's others that need that hope, especially if you were brought out of the churning. For some, they were saved at a very young age. And your testimony might not be that dramatic. You should share, still share it, but especially if you're in that plight, you need to share the testimony of how God brought you out of the mess that you were in. It doesn't matter if you were raised in church or not. You had a mess in your life. Declare his deeds among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. Cry out. Rejoice. Be excited. Isaiah 43.3 says, For I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. It's good. See, when we praise the Lord, we're not reminded. Do we need to remind the Lord of the good things that he's done? We need to acknowledge them, right? That's good. But maybe we were reminding us and reminding ourselves. If you're reading the Old Testament, they would put up a monument, and it would be a reminder, a memorial. You know, sometimes after we've had a traumatic ex ex experience, we can tend to forget Maybe not. I mean, sometimes we put it away. As you can tell, it was many, many years ago that I was a teenager, but I remember standing on the bank and watching that individual go under multiple times. And see, if we, in our thankfulness to God, we are reminded of what he has done for us. And in that remembrance of what he has done for us, and in that that he rescued us, we are reminded. Lest we should be too close to that dam and get pulled under and under again. 
you know, as that, that individual was pulling them in, there was also the undercurrent trying to pull them back. Sometimes we might need to be reminded, it's like, wow, that was a traumatic, a traumatic situation, but maybe we need to be reminded, how did I get in that situation in the first place? I wasn't just going along and all of a sudden there was a, a down pole in the water that pulled me out of my canoe and was pulling me down. No, I chose to shoot the dam. I chose, I didn't, but the individual did. They chose to shoot the dam and maybe in your life situation you're choosing, I'm just going to shoot the dam because that would be so much fun, it would be cool, it would be, you know, we need to be reminded of the tragedy the last time that we shot the dam because it would be cool, it would be fun, it would be some short-lived pleasure. You know, there's a lot of short-lived pleasures in our life that happen. And they seem in the moment that sin is fun for the season, but sometimes we forget that shooting that dam, the great risk of being caught in that undertow, and pulled down and under, and pulled down and under, and pulled down and under. That we have to remind it, and remembering that God saved us, we need to remember what God saved us from. So we don't take and engage in that activity, and for different people it's different things, that draws us back in and pulls us back under. One time under, Two times? Three times? How many times do we need to get pulled under before we don't come back up? And so sometimes we need to be reminded. So in being thankful, we remember being rescued. But we need to remember what we were rescued from, and we might need to remember, how did I get in that mess in the first place? Sometimes it's, we can say when tragedy strikes, it's through no fault of our own. But when we get in a place where sin's drawing us down, that's through our choices. And sometimes we need to take the occasion that, like I was on the bank, and I looked. You think I'm going to shoot a canoe over the dam of any dam and shoot over that? Probably not. I watched as that guy went under. Around us, there's people that... In their lessons of life, they've made some bad choices. They're trying to shoot the dam, and sin is drawing them under and drawing them under multiple times, and some have survived, and some are still on the path of destruction. That maybe we need to learn from their choices so that we don't follow that same path again. And so at Thanksgiving time, we want to be thankful because it reminds us of how great our God is. It reminds us that He saved us. And it reminds others that they can be saved as well as we rejoice. And it reminds us how awful it was to be in that place of fret and insecurity and for fear of your life. And we in our rejoicing that God can pull us out, but 
may it remind us of, I don't want to ever be in that place again. And since I don't want to be in that place again, I am going to back up and not make that choice again. And if you have the tendency that every time you get in a canoe, I'm using this as an illustration, if you would have the tendency that every time that you got in a canoe that you would have to shoot the dam, then maybe you shouldn't ever get in a canoe. It's not worth it. Are those, those, are those some things that to other people aren't that bad? They're like, what's your big deal? But God has laid a personal conviction on your life, meaning for you, it might be good for everybody else, but I can't do it, that I can't get anywhere close to that thing Or it will throw me over. I can't get anywhere close to it because I knew as soon as I do this thing that's okay with other people to do and they're fine, or as soon as I go to this place or I watch this whatever, that the next thing you know I'll be right at shooting that dam and I'll be in trouble again. So we draw back from it. So as we are thankful for what God has done of our lives, it's a reminder to us. So we need to be thankful today. We need to remember who saved us. And then we need to keep holding on to that rope and keep following him. And be reminded, I don't want to be back in the place I was before. I don't want to do that before. And Lord, help me to remember and may we rejoice about it to remind ourselves but also to tell other people that they too can be saved, that they too, if they feel alone and no one cares, that their God is, their Jesus is on the bank. He has the lifeline for us. He sees us. He wants to comfort us. He's able to reach us however deep we are and however far out we are, but he's able also to pull us in, not just reach us, but pull us in. He's capable. He cares. He loves. But help us to be thankful. Help us to be reminded, both to give glory to God to that he deserves, to remind us of the peril that we were in, so that we might not go that way again. And to be a story and a reminder to those that are around us that are either struggling or have never made that choice. So... As the scripture says, they might see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. We want people to come to saving knowledge of Jesus. So let us close with a rereading of Isaiah chapter 12. And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you, though you were angry with me. Your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Your God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah the Lord is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day, you will say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion. Let's be standing together. Father God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would help us to open our hearts telling us today
For some, Lord, we are thankful that you have saved us and drawn us from the churning water. And Father, we declare our thankfulness to you. Praise your name. May this, Father, remind us, dear Lord, that we don't want to get pulled back under into that churn that keeps drawing us down and drawing us down and drawing us down one time, two times, three times. Lord, but we might just surrender to you and just not go that way again. That we might remember the choices that got us there in the first place and not go that way again. And Father, that we would step back from those activities, those places, those things that might draw us down that path. But Lord, that you would help us. That we would declare to Lord what you've done to us. Be ever ready to Lord to share with others the hope that, with this, with this, that is in, in us. That you have done in our lives. So they might see that if they're in despair, that you can comfort. That if they're in that crisis, that you can reach them. Not only can you reach them, because many care, and they might reach out, but they can't do anything about it. But Lord, you can pull them out of the deep, miry clay. And Father, help us in our praise and our uh, um, thankfulness to the Lord to be remembered and to be helped. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The congregation.